Welcome to season one of the Beacon of Hope podcast with Jesse Kretzer, your host, bringing hope and encouragement to nine to five rebels. Having raised two career musicians, building her own business, and teaching others to do the same, Jesse is intimately familiar with the behind the scenes grit needed to go after your passion. And life experience has taught her this. There are a lot of things you can live without, and hope is not one of them. And now, here's your host, 9 to 5 Rebel herself, Jessie Kretzer. So welcome to Season 1 of the Beacon of Hope podcast. Each week I interview a 9 to 5 Rebel about their journey. And my goal always is to bring practical advice and tips to other 9 to 5 Rebels. So today is no different than all the other episodes. My guest is going to inspire you and encourage you and, you know, just bring transparency um, to the table to help others. So let me tell you a little bit about Tim Kellinger. He is the owner of Elite Fit 301 in Hagerstown, Maryland, and he has gone the journey of a nine to five hero. He's a nine to five rebel running his own business in quite unprecedented times right now. Can't let anybody in the doors right now uh, during this uh, stay-at-home order that we're in the midst of. So, Tim, I really appreciate you being willing to just come and talk to me today because these are not easy times to um, maybe talk about business, do a podcast, but what they are is critical times. This is a critical time when other 9 to 5 rebels need to know that they're not in this alone and that they have some place to go for encouragement. So welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having having me with you. Yeah, this is great. So why don't you start us at the beginning of your journey? I say a 9 to 5 rebel has a fire in their belly and a dream in their heart that's calling them and they can't ignore it any longer. And it's, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. So take us back to when you were nine to five hero working the job and doing your passion, which is now your business alongside and kind of what that, how it was born and how it came to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a little background for me is that I played sports growing up. Um, I played college baseball and that was really my driving force, you know, every day was to get better and, you know, to be at the highest level I could possibly be as an athlete. And I think that was kind of, um, kind of shaped and molded me as far as someone who, um, is, is a competitor. I'm competitive at nature. So, um, I was, uh, finishing up college and playing ball and then, uh, I came home and I got a job, um, essentially by association, um, I had someone that kind of got me connected uh, with a job at Frederick Community College. That's where I played a little bit of a baseball at first out of, out of high school. And I was helping in the, compu- um, the IT department with computers. And then um, the lady that worked there, you know, I was always on time. I was always courteous. And I was always trying to learn how to get better at that job because I didn't have a, a heavy background in it. And uh, she said to me, if I had a job opening, I'd hire you in a second. And I said, well, I really appreciate that. Um, and that led to me getting um, an opportunity to work at Fort Detrick, which was kind of across the street from that location because she worked on the board there. Uh, and I remember going to the office and sitting down for my interview and I had zero qualifications. And I said to him, look, I don't have a background in this, but I love 
helping people. I love interacting with people. And if I don't know how to fix the problem, or I don't know the answer, I'll figure it out. I'll get it done. And uh, he hired me, which is looking back on it, it's pretty crazy. But my customer service really was what I think got me in the front door. And then my willingness to learn and to get better and want to be someone who was at the top as far as, you know, being dependent on that, that helped me grow there. Um, and it, at first it was, it was what I wanted to do. Honestly, I thought I'm helping people and this is, this is kind of what I want to do. And in the background, I was going to the gym every day because once baseball ended for me, um, that was my competitive aspect. I was going into the gym every day. I was getting stronger. I was trying to put more weight on and so on and so forth. And, um, eventually the job I had, it started to die down a little bit. I started realizing that, you know what? I don't really want to sit behind a desk all day long. I don't think that this is what I'm called to do. And I really loved being at the gym. I spent so much time in there. And if people had questions about what I was doing, I had no problem helping them. Um, and then um, I thought to myself, I want to be a personal trainer. And so I looked into the certification and how much it cost to do one online because with my job, I couldn't, I couldn't really go somewhere in the middle of the day and you know, do the on-site stuff that some of these other um, certifications required. So um, I remember one day I was in the parking lot at the gym that I, I was going to and my buddy ran it. He was the general manager. So I had a really, looking back on it, it was cool to kind of get a back end look of how someone runs and operates the facility. Um, and I remember I found this picture of a guy and I said, man, this guy's in awesome shape. And I clicked on the link and it took me to a YouTube video and he was doing CrossFit. I had never heard of CrossFit. This is 2011. And um, I, you know, they have this thing called the CrossFit Games and it's essentially where they, you know, quote unquote, fittest in the world compete to get, you know, to get the title of the fittest on earth. And I thought these guys are insane. I would love to be able to do this. And so I go inside, my buddy Zach is running the, uh, the, the gym. I show him the video. I said, have you ever heard of CrossFit? And he goes, I don't know. I've never heard of it. I said, well, watch these guys work out. I mean, these guys are nuts. And he said, yeah, they are. And so we, we watched the video and we you know, closed it up and went out and we did our own thing in the you know, traditional gym setting. But that kind of ignited the fire of wanting to learn more about what this CrossFit was. And so I went home and I showed my parents and we're eating dinner and I'm showing the videos and they're like, okay, that's great, Tim. You know, my brother, you know, he played baseball and whatnot. Same scenario, showing him. He's like, that's cool, man. It's just, I'm not really into this. So um, kind of fast forward, what got me really into CrossFit was uh, I found out you could, you could compete with this thing called the Open, the Open qualified you for a regional and a regional qualified you for that games that I saw in that YouTube video. And I said, I'm going to do that. That is my goal. And so I'm doing it in my backyard. My, you know, my dad's raking the lawn and I'm out back throwing, you know, stuff around and he's looking at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> and, um, uh, my buddy got home from the military and he was driving to shepherd university and missed the exit. And he just stumbled upon this CrossFit gym. And I had never even heard of one being around here back in that time. And I called off work the next day. And I went to that gym and I worked out and I remember thinking like, this is what I want to do. The community, the people there, they got so excited to see you do well. And they were so impressed by the things you could do. And to me, I was like, this is really interesting. So I joined that gym and I'd work in Frederick. I was living in Hagerstown. I'd drive to Frederick. I'd work out at, uh, work the full day at, at Frederick at uh, Fort Detrick. And I would drive into Charlestown, West Virginia. And I'd work out and then I'd drive all the way back to Hagerstown. And it was my routine every day for about, I don't know, two, two months maybe. And the open came around. I did it. It was much harder than I thought it was. I had these unrealistic expectations of qualifying, going to the games my first year. But in the process, I fell in love with the classes, the coaches, 
I fell in love with the community. And I said to my brother, I think this is what I want to do, man. I think we could, we could do this. And so I, um, I uh, got some encouragement from the owner. He said, I really believe that you should open one at Hagerstown because there was not, this is 2011 or 12, 12 probably, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. So I want, you know, I want to work the next day and all day I'm online trying to find property or, or, or facilities for rent in the area of Hagerstown. And I drove out to Williamsport and I remember talking to a guy about running out his, uh, you know, this little hangar he had. And he's like, well, what do you want it for? And I said, I want to open a CrossFit gym. And he's like, what is that? He had no idea what it was. And I tried to explain what it was. And he looked at me like I was out of my mind. And I went home that day and a buddy of mine came over and he saw these blueprints. And he's like, well, what, what, you know, what is this all about? And so you're trying to you know, buy property. I said, no, I want to open a gym. He said, really? And I said, he's like, well, I think I might have someone that has some space for you. And lo and behold, his father had some property and uh, he, you know, delivered the location we're in, we're in now. And he, he, you know, he believed in me enough, saw my passion. He said, look, I want to be a part of this as a, you know, a side investor. And the same thing, my brother said, I really believe in this and I want to be a part of this as a side investor as well. And we came together in uh, of June of 2013 and we opened up this gym here that I'm in right now. And, uh, and that kind of how it all unfolded and it happened so quick. I remember being at a comfortable job, you know, at my desk, making good money with the opportunity to make really good money in the uh, IT field. And I said to myself, this is not what I want. This is not what I was born to do. I know I'm born to help people and I'm doing it right now, but I need to do that face-to-face -face interaction. I want to see someone, you know, get their first pull up. I want to see someone lose a hundred pounds. I want to see someone say, I can't do it. And then finally say, wow, I did it. And so I made that leap and fast forward almost seven years later and, and here we are. Well, what you're describing is things that I hear over and over that these nine to five rebels have this defining moment. They also have the grit that it takes, you know, that defining moment when you're just at that desk and you're like, man, I'm not sure this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. And then you have this other moment where you're at the gym and you're like, this is really like bringing something alive in me that has never really been sparked yeah, and that's, that's kind of like the beginning and then it doesn't really happen or take flight unless you have a few people believe in you and see your passion because people can believe in you but if you don't have enough passion they're not going to get behind it mm -hmm. but clearly you had i mean you were on fire about it that's why I've always say, I always say my sons as musicians, people sometimes wonder why I encourage them to go such a non-traditional career route as musicians. But I was their mom when they were in middle school, when I saw this fire in their belly get lit and nothing, I mean, nothing was putting it out and they were good at it and they were developing. And that sounds like that's what your brother and your father saw in you and um this the person here that owns the property that you're in i believe is the other um so, person so that the, saw you know yeah saw this so the, fire i went to high school i went to high school with him and uh we were high school buddies and his dad actually we own the building right now we bought this probably three years ago we bought the property on which is pretty pretty amazing um but his dad owned the building and he had several properties kind of rotating through and he thought, you know what, I'll give you guys a go. You know, what's the worst I guess could happen? I'll find someone else to fill the spot if it doesn't work out. And yeah, uh, he, yeah we got in the front door 
And then, I, like I said, about three years ago, we actually brought, bought this building from him uh, and became our own, you know, landlords. And actually, we created a second company now. We actually uh, do real estate as well. We have some properties that we rent out and stuff like that as well. So it's cool to see how that's a different story, but to see how we went yeah. from what we are now into, into different avenues of opportunity because of just taking that leap. Well, and you're getting these opportunities because you have the work ethic, you care about people, you want to make a difference, and you're, you've created a community there that were, I mean, they responded to you. So I, go ahead and tell us how, you know, I know you worked your nine to five job alongside of this in the beginning. But, you know, the first day you, you have this dream and then the first day you open, I know we all have this like panic moment. We're like, oh my gosh, what if nobody comes or what oh, if absolutely. not enough people? What if I don't have enough members? <laughs> um, but you try not to think about that when you're putting it together, right? But oh my God, yeah. What happened when you opened the doors? What did that look it's, like? It is funny. So like I'm the kind of person in all, in, in all honesty that like I thoroughly believe what I believe. So like a lot of times I go into something and I don't expect any different as far as the outcome. But then in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I can't believe um, this happened. Um, but I remember, you know, at first I was, you know, I'm at my desk, I'm making up the website, I'm doing all the LLC paperwork behind, you know, closed doors. I'm, you know, gearing up on back then Facebook was nowhere near what it is now. We don't have, we didn't have Instagram. Social media was, was in some cases an afterthought, but I remember building stuff up on there and trying to, you know, put out, invites about this grand opening and all the things we we're going to do. And, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, people are going to come, it's going to happen. And I, and the crazy part is, so before that there was in this location was a women's only gym and we had to move that gym across town before we could come in. And so we were literally given five days to move her out and then get in here and do all the things we need to do, painting, laying flooring down, putting rigs up. It was an abs. I called off work all week. They probably thought I was, I don't know what they thought, but I, um, you know, I made up a new excuse every day about being sick. They probably thought I was on my deathbed um, just to get this done. And so uh, a Friday night, if you would have driven by this place, it's all glass windows. So you can see in here freely, you would have been like, there was absolutely no way they're opening this gym up on a Saturday for a grand opening. But my mom, my brother, my sister, uh, my father, um, we're all in here and we're getting it done, man. And we got it all done about midnight. And then I get home and I get in bed and I was like, what if no one shows up tomorrow? Because, you know, I had kind of put all my eggs into my basket that my friends would show up. And at that time I was 27 years old. So I was a pretty young entrepreneur at the time, right? I mean, it, back then I don't know that it was as popular, quote unquote, to be an entrepreneur as it is really now to be self-employed. And so um, I thought, you know, my friends will show up, you know, whatever. And so the next morning I get these text messages and most of my friends are playing like summer. There's this local league called the Hagerstown Braves and a lot of them are playing on like, Oh, we got a game so we can't come. And my first thought is no one's showing up. I'm going to be here by myself <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be kind of embarrassed. And so we get here and we set up and I think we, had, I think we opened our doors at like 9am and it was like a free workout to the community. Anybody that wanted to come by and we probably had 35 people show up. It was incredible. Um, a lot of which I didn't, I didn't know who they were, you know, it wasn't like they were expected to be here. And I remember being in here and I have all these people in front of me and I'm the one that's going to kind of take the lead here as far as what's happening, what we got going on, introductions, so on and so forth. And it, I had never been in that position before, if I'm being honest. And 
it didn't affect me at all. I was able to just kind of go and I was kind of blown away, but I, I wasn't afraid. I didn't really uh, miss a beat and I was able to control the environment and keep people, you know, engaged and, and, you know, and I do have a little bit of a light heart kind of uh, personality. I like to goof around a little bit and it kind of all meshed well together. And I remember everybody left and I kind of sat there and I was just like, deep breath. I was like, it went so fast. And I was like, I, you know, I can't believe anybody showed up. My first thought was, is I really, cause then now that Monday was when classes began that, that Saturday was just a, a kind of a, you know, the, the, the feeler out kind of thing. And we run classes at the gym for anybody that's not familiar with CrossFit. It's all class-based and you have coaches that run, you know, everything. And so at that time I was still working my nine to five and I would leave and I would go from Frederick to Hagerstown, get here around four 30, I'd work out myself and run a 5.30, 6.30, and 7.30 class. And I thought, I wonder if anybody's going to show up here on this Monday. And uh, lo and behold, they did. And they kept coming back, and they kept coming back. And then eventually I said, you know what? I, I, you know, I talked to my brother who was an investor and, and James who was an investor. I said, look, guys, they're working their own full-time jobs. I said, look, I want to make the leap. I want If we don't open up morning classes, if we don't do it now, we're not going to ever take off. And so I, I quit my job. I said, I'm done. I mean, and I, I, uh, you know, we opened up that, that, uh, those morning classes. And at first they actually weren't very busy. I remember being in here and there was multiple times no one showed up and I was like, man, like, did I make a good decision here? And, uh, you know, slowly but surely it built up and they became busier and busier. And, uh, you know, it, it became more, more evident that that was the right decision. And it started to build more legitimacy behind the gym because at that point we had, we didn't have, you know, three hours a day is not really running much of a business. Um, and so that, you know, helped kind of solidify a little bit that we were, you know, making our stake in the game. And um, uh, now we have you know, up to nine classes a day. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting with some open gym and whatnot, but uh, you know, that's kind of how it all began with that uh, in the initial thought of like, you know, you're going to conquer the world to like, man, what if no one shows up? And then, <laughs> You know, and then eventually it gets to the point where, like, in some cases you kind of take, I don't always want to take for granted, but, you know, you kind of assume people are coming. And then every now and again, because I don't coach as much as here anymore, I, I, do, I do some outside um, jobs now and I have full-time coaches here. And, um, but I do more, I do overseeing, you know, the admin stuff. And there'll be times I'll walk through here and it's a packed gym and I'll say, I can't believe people choose to come to this gym. Like, you know what I mean? Like, anybody could go anywhere they want. There's multiple gyms and we, our, our prices are not cheap. And I sometimes go, wow, I, I am so blessed to have these people choose to come here and be a part of this. And, and that, in some cases, a testament to the community that we've built, the atmosphere we have here, the coaching staff we put together. Because this is another topic we can get on, but I, it took me years before I let anybody else even work for me because I didn't trust that anybody would run the way that I wanted to be run. So, Yeah, <laughs> I kind of gathered that you, the community that you built were drawn to the fact that you cared about them, you wanted to see them succeed. That was the passion that drove you to start this. And so people got that vibe and that's how you created that community. So what I wanna dig into a little bit is when you first walked away from your job and you started those morning classes and you know, obviously it took a while for that to really fill in, what sacrifices? Did you have Ooh. to make personally <laughs> to do that? Because question. that is not easy to walk away from that paycheck. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't pay myself for the first year in business. 
I didn't, I didn't pay my, and that, and that was optional. We did, I probably could have taken a very small portion, but I put every last dollar that we made that first year in the bank account. And actually I put a lot of it back into the business. And that's been a kind of my MO for the last seven years is we put a lot, I mean, we bought the building, we, you know, we've expanded multiple times here. Um, and, and so the, the hard part at first, honestly, was, and honestly, I, I didn't get in this to make a ton of money. I was never my thought. I was like, oh my God, I can make so much money. It was because I loved every second of it. I, I, to me, it was like the equivalent, I guess, of someone who's like a, um, a thrill junkie, like jumping off the highest building. Like that was me. Like I, every day, I, and I still that way. I still feel that way. I love coming in here. I love what I do. And so for me, I didn't care that I wasn't getting paid. For me, it was, you know, and, all, and a lot of other sacrifices was honestly not a lot of time with family. Like, you don't, I mean, I'm, I was a married at the time and it was really hard on relationships, if I'm being honest. Um, but, you know, you're working all day long. I mean, as an as a, as a owner operator of this gym, you're talking about, you know, programming workouts. You're talking about coaching all the classes. You're talking about keeping the facility clean. You're talking about making sure that the, uh, you know, all the, all the bathrooms are filled, all the, you know, this water. Uh, there's the memberships are coming through. Emails are being responded to. The phone calls are being answered and taken care of. Now you have your social media, you know, aspect of things. There's a lot of things going on. And so a lot of your attention now is drawn towards that. And if you want to be truly successful at your craft, you have to be all in. If you're not, you're, I'm going to be completely honest. You're not going to, you're not going to make it. I mean, because the amount of time and effort and sacrifice, and I'm, I'm not even joking, tears. I mean, that would be nice. I'd be so tired from working all the classes every day, all week long. And then, you know, also on the, on the other end of it is I want to work out too. You know, I love working out. So getting my workouts in that I'd be so tired on a Friday, Saturday night that the smallest things, you know, if my brother or someone might say something like that was a little bit kind of like a critique of how things are going at the gym, I would lose it. I would, you know, I would be like, look, man, you know, I'm trying my hardest and blah, blah, blah. And, and he'd be like, you know, whoa, relax. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's just, there's just, you know, at that point, there's a lot of stress. And so, yeah, you know, and, and then eventually I learned to be, a, I am a very like particular person in the sense that I, and I think if you ask any member here that agree with it is that I am very particular about how things are done. My coaches, I love them. And they, they'll tell you firsthand that I'm very particular about a lot of things, how things are run, how we address classes, the setup of the gym, how clean and tidy it is. There's a, I'm a very particular person when it comes to that. So you know, at first, well, I, that, that, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I really appreciate you sharing some of that behind the scenes sacrifice. And, you know, what you're describing is that your heart and soul are in this. And oh, that's yeah. why sometimes if somebody's like, oh, well, maybe you ought to do this or that. It, <laughs> we do kind of take it personally because yeah, our literally blood, sweat, and tears mm -hmm. is a really good way to describe it. And absolutely. nine to five rebels are not people that don't ever want to work eight, let's say less than eight hours, nine to five. There's your eight hours, right? So yeah. a nine to five rebel doesn't want to work nine to five. Well, a nine to five rebel may work nine to nine or whatever. What they want to do is they want to do what they love. Mm -hmm. And you describe it beautifully. I mean, I can hear it in your voice, how much you oh, love yeah. what you do. And that's, I don't know why, Tim, but I am just such the encourager of people like you. I hear what you, you were saying when we were talking offline before we started, and you said, you know, there's enough people out there that don't believe in you. You need more people 
in your life that believe in you and you want to be that person to all of your members, which you oh, are. So you have had to mind your mind. I know that because <laughs> I am a business owner. I have coached many business owners and I know that you can have a lot of head junk that can take you out of the game real quick. So tell us what you, I know you're a podcast junkie. Um, I'm sure you read. I want to know how you mind your mind. What do you read? What do you listen to? Um, that's a good, that's a really good question because obviously like, you know, that, that there's a lot of fillers that can come in that create doubt or make you think maybe you're not doing things the right way. So for me, I like to listen to content that provides value to what I am doing in particular. So um, I'm a big fan. There's a guy named Jason Kalipa who runs, he's a CrossFit, um, you know, icon, but he has multiple boxes. Like CrossFit gyms usually, are, usually identify as a box because of the shape, but he has probably six to seven gyms. And he's created a podcast called Business uh, of Fitness. And a lot of the, the outline of that is, is owner, operator, you know, you know uh, essentially how you're running your business, your operations, liabilities, how you're running your coaching staff. Um, so that, that in particular is very, very um, um, direct to what I do. Another guy, his name is Ryan Fisher. He's also a CrossFit guy. Really good content, a lot of programming and whatnot. Um, but I also like back-end stories. I'm a big fan of, like, Lewis House. He has a lot of more inspirational-type podcasts. Um, I've listened to some stuff with um, – uh, who else have I listened to that a good bit? I'm, having a, I'm drawing a little blank. Um, there's, like, Entrepreneur on Fire. You can listen to him. He has a lot of information in that regard. Um, I well, do I tell like, you what. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, I'm going to give you a chance to – message me like maybe your five top authors and podcasts yeah, and we'll put that yeah. we'll put that okay. in the show notes because i think That's that awesome. would be really really valuable because i know yeah. it's hard on right on the spot yeah, to i'm trying to think of the ones of i have them yeah in my, in my library there's, there's a bunch of them that i do have and they all have really really good stuff i mean I, I i do enjoy some of the ones that aren't realistic for me are like with lewis house he'll, he'll interview like ceos of like well you know uh, Walmart and Disney and stuff like that. And, and, and it's interesting if you listen to those podcasts of some of the most successful men in the, and women in the world, um, they all have a very, very similar story and they all have very, very similar um, work habits where they have a non-negotiables that they do every morning and things that, and they're all very, very, um, they're also people that are not afraid to get insight from others, right? Like I will not pretend to be a know-it-all. I mean, there are things that uh, I, you know, I want to be in control in the sense that I don't let it be loose ends, but I don't know it all. So you need a counsel. You know, there are people at this gym that have been here for years that I seek their counsel sometimes on ideas or, or things I might implement to get feedback because, you know, I want to make sure that everything I do is not about me. It's for the community. It's for the gym, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if I, if I play the music I like, I make up the workouts that I like, and I have things up the way I like, then it only is... Uh, you know, directed towards me. I want to make sure everything I do here is in light of every member in here and the things that they enjoy and they want to see happen. And so um, that's the one thing I've learned is that it's, this is never about me. This is about them. So um, for me, you know, the funny part is you said, how do I, how do I mind my mind? I'm, I get most of my deep thoughts done when I'm cleaning the gym. If nobody in here, 
Um, I'm, you know, I have my, either my scrubber out or, you know, or I have a, I'm an industrial scrubber or I'm vacuuming. I do most of my thinking. Like how, and that's also a lot of times I do my podcasting as well because I want to make sure every moment that I'm doing something that there's value there, right? So they're not wasting time. And so I love getting that information from other people and, and, and getting that. I write it down in my notes, ideas of, you know, I, you know, to run the gym or implement or, you know, things that could help make us more money or revenue, you know, obviously, and, and bring more members in. So there's a lot of really good information um, out there. And I try to basically any downtime driving my vehicle from one location or, or, or if I'm doing things like cleaning the gym, I want to make sure I'm filling it with an opportunity to create more knowledge that I'm actually, you know, not wasting time. I'm not saying cleaning the gym is wasting my time, but if it takes a lot of time, like, to do that, I can also kind of implement other areas that can create more value. So, Right. That mindless, sometimes we're doing those mindless jobs, whether it's folding the laundry or wiping down equipment, that's, I'm the same yeah. way. If I'm mowing yeah. the grass, you can bet my, my, I, <laughs> my earplugs are in, you know, all the yeah. time. But um, we're going to take a break. And okay. as we come back, we're going to talk about the two most critical things that I think we need to talk about today. That is um, how you're surviving these times of being closed down with not really knowing when you can open back up, having your dream under attack of sorts, and um, just what adjustments you've had to make and kind of what you see going forward, um, because there's no doubt in my mind that you are a survivor. No question in my mind. So we'll Thank dig you. into that here on the other side of the break, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. This is your host, Jesse Kretzer. If you're like me and you have an entrepreneurial spirit that just won't quit, you're in the right place. Whether you've made the leap to call yourself the boss yet or not, your spirit will be fueled by the experiences and the advice of each one of my guests. Now back to today's episode. Okay, we are back with my guest, Tim Kellinger from CrossFit 301 Elite in Hagerstown, Maryland. And he is right now hanging out in the gym alone, but I have a feeling he's <laughs> probably busier than he's ever been, right? Yeah. During yeah, yeah, these yeah. times where we are, we have a stay-at-home order. We're trying to figure out about working, at, working out at home and staying in shape. And as business owners, we are all facing times that we have never faced before. Before, we're all in this new together. And I, what I'm seeing is what I was sharing with you earlier, Tim, is that the heart and soul of a business comes to the surface. Right now, you're seeing where there's greed. You're seeing where there's generosity. You're seeing where there's the wrong attitudes you're seeing where there's the right attitudes and that's what's going to make or break everybody on the other side of this so why don't you share with us um you know the the freshest blood sweat and tears that you're experiencing i i can't even imagine what i was literally at cannon coffee buying a cup of coffee when the governor was speaking and said that the businesses would shut down and i saw the blood drain out of Chris's face yeah. and you can relate to that moment. Why don't oh you gosh, take us yeah. back there? Yeah. So obviously leading up to that Monday, 
uh, there was talks of potential shutdowns. And I remember that Saturday, actually, in particular, a member came to me and said, have you thought about what will happen if, if you have to you know, close up? And I said to him, I'm not closing up. I mean, that's not happening. I said, they'll have to make, you know, have to force me to shut down or whatever. And so then over the weekend, there was more talk of it. And I remember actually seeing on social media, some CrossFit facilities actually on their own saying, look, we're going to shut down out of being responsible. And I remember sitting there thinking like, man, I mean, is that something I should think about? Like, and I, we have a doctor here and we have a few physicians and I got a hold of them and said, you know, what, what do you think about this? And I got some good insight and, you know, and that individual, you know, Ken has been with me for a very long time. So I trust him, you know, he's like, ah, you know, I, I wait and see kind of thing, you know, and this is in the early stages. So that Monday we're in here and I kind of addressed the community, the classes and say, Hey, look guys, you know, there's a lot of chatter going on about potential shutdowns and, and things of that nature. I said, look, we've, I went out and I bought, a tremendous amount of cleaning products and I said we're gonna keep this and I, I already keep it clean to begin with but I go we're gonna we're gonna overdo it here right we're gonna keep this place nice and sanitized and I don't want anybody to worry about that kind of stuff and, and, and as far as shutting down we're staying open and about three hours later I'm on you know I'm in front of my tv at the desk and the same thing it says you know mandated shutdown and I remember you know very vividly him doing his conference and I sat down on a box and I remember just burying my my face in my hands and I said you know, this, this is, I, this is it. Like, I don't know, you know, if we're going to survive kind of thing. That was my, what was me kind of thing. Right. You know, and I remember th th at the point classes were over and, and, and members had left. And I think it was just uh, one other coach in here. And uh, I spent about 20 minutes kind of just thinking like, you know, how can he do this and all these other thoughts. And, then my next thought was, is, okay, Tim, like, you know, you are, you are the leader of the gym. You are the one that everybody's going to look to. Like, what are you going to do? And so um, I think for a lot, of, a lot of things in my life, as far as when it comes to, to like, you know, work-related, I, I, I look at myself as a problem solver. I think a lot of I can't, went back to my time at Fort Detrick, and I'd have to, I'd see these computer problems, and I had no idea how to fix them. But, there's a, you, know, you, do your, you know, you do your workarounds, and you do your, you know, uh, the things you need to do to kind of figure it out. And so my first thought was, is we're going to figure out how to transition remotely here. So I went online, I created a, a members only Facebook page that was only for our members that are paying. And I put up a post, you know, saying, look guys, you know, this is just a small hurdle and I'm going to figure out how to keep this thing going to stay stand by. And so um, I went home that night and, you know, I felt sorry for myself a little bit more. And then the next one, I got in the gym and I started making up, uh, you know, a workout and I filmed it and it was terrible. And it was, you know, as far as like the quality and stuff like that. And I watched the video and I said, this isn't good enough. So I went to Best Buy and I bought a wireless mic and I started getting some software and I came back and, um, you know, I figured out how to edit better. And the next thing I know, uh, I'm over here with the, you know, behind me, you, you can't see it, but there's chalk, there's whiteboards everywhere. And I started writing down all these workouts and I said to myself, I am not going to create any workout that my member can go online and Google and find and say, this is good enough. I'm going to get creative. I want to make the best body weight workouts possible. I'm going to make the best dumbbell weights possible. And I'll make the best barbell um, uh, options uh, possible so that if my members have a barbell or a dumbbell or nothing at all, they're going to get the best workouts that they can possibly find. And I remember telling coaches, like, if, I, if you can find this better somewhere else, erase it off the board because I'm not putting it out there. I said, I don't want to, if you can make a workout in 10 seconds, it's not good enough. And so <laughs> that's just my personality. It's a little overwhelming sometimes. 
Um, but, but from there, I, you know, I put out three workouts and I have been every day since we've been shut down. It's a body weight workout. It is a dumbbell workout and it is a barbell workout. And I, what I do is I shoot an introductory, uh, where I, you know, uh, explain, you know, what the workout is, what the intentions are, what we're looking for, um, you know, throughout the course of scaling options. And then I actually post a demonstration, the back end of it with me going over what the movements are. You can visually see me doing them. And uh, I post those every day and that's on our members only page. And, um, between that and the, and the members themselves posting their workouts, their experience, you know, kind of, um, yeah, you know, I put out some challenges that are kind of funny and I put out some blooper videos because obviously shooting these videos can get interesting. Uh, and then we have an app that came with their membership. So members can track all their workouts. So they can check into class. We did like a $50 gift, uh, gift card giveaway for the most check-ins in like, in like a seven day period. And so I think for me, my thought was, is if I can provide enough content that my members go, wow, there is a lot of value when I'm, if, if, you know, and I'm getting right now, because if you go to a traditional gym right now, you got nothing. I mean, you're, you're literally, what you're doing is you're paying a membership to lease equipment in their physical location, but that's it. That's, that's all that comes with it. Um, with us, you know, yeah, you are getting an opportunity to use equipment, but you're paying for coaching, you're paying for knowledge, you're paying for instruction. And then obviously the community aspect, which you don't pay for is an absolute, um, you know, probably the biggest, uh, you know, thing that comes along with your, with, with your membership. So what's happening now is our members are getting the value in the sense that they're getting the content, they're getting the knowledge, they're getting the workouts that they can't for the most part find anywhere else. Uh, the second they comment about a question, I get back to them instantaneously. Uh, they're getting that, that still community aspect in the sense that it's only us involved in there and people are commenting, posting and sharing and they get that accountability in the sense that they're seeing other people doing it. And so um, that, that was my shift. I'm like, you know what, we're going to provide so much value and so much content that if members can pay that are working, that I want them to feel like that, that their, their money is going somewhere that they're getting actually something in return as opposed to just simply saying, I'm going to help keep the business going. Um, and to kind of pivot back to that in regards to the members, they have been absolutely outstanding. Um, between the fact that, you know, there are people that are going through some, some struggles and some hardships. And I always reference that we're a family here and what they go through, we go through together. And so if they need to put the membership on hold, that's what I'm asking as opposed to the reference of a cancellation, put the membership on hold, we're putting those on hold. Um, so that people can still be members here. They can still have access to the material online. And then those that are still paying, um, they're keeping, you know, this thing afloat, um, you know, and helping us still pay our coaches and, and things of that nature. So uh, that just speaks volumes to the people we have here and the integrity and the character and what they, and then they, they, they generally love this place. They don't want to see it go away. And so I would be lying, you know, if I, if I said that in the moment, my thought is, is we're going to lose every member we have here. And now fast forward, they have stuck by our side. And, you know, after you're talking six, what, I've lost count, six, seven weeks of not even having access to this facility. And so, um, you know, that is well, a deep testament. You know what they say about leaders and, and people in general. They say, how we do anything is how we do everything. Yeah, that's a good And test. you just described how you made this adjustment and, you know, face this horrible situation. So, I mean, it's basically your worst nightmare can come true yeah, when you say yeah. a mandatory really shutdown when, when you're a gym is pretty mm. tough news. Pretty but daunting. what you did, 
was the same thing you did when you opened. You became a part of the solution. You decided you were gonna, um, you were not gonna go down that dark train, I say. Yeah. You know, you could have gone down that dark train, like this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But instead, you gave yourself that time to, you know, be sad and you should, but then you got to work because that's what Tim does. He gets to work, he figures out how to do it right, how to set the bar high, how to set the tone for the community, and your leadership is, is amazing. That's why I believe your members have kept you going. And I believe that's part of what I said. The heart of the businesses is now being completely exposed. And the types of businesses that are going to survive and thrive on the other side of this are businesses like yours that have done the right thing. Yeah. And I will continue to be one of your biggest cheerleaders. I, I say, you know, I'm down at Cannon Coffee saying, can I buy a sweatshirt? I mean, I don't want to <laughs> see you go away. I'm yeah. at Free Range Cafe. You know, they, they yeah. support the movement that my business is based off of. And that's teaching people that you need to eat food that makes you feel good. Yeah. And so they are, you know, they speak my language and I don't want to see our community lose them or you or Cannon Coffee and, and a number of others. So I'm looking for ways to support people like you and encourage you and lift you up. So I hope that that this opportunity to be on the podcast has um, contributed some way for you in Absolutely. that regard. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead. I, I was going to say that one, one thing I will say is, and obviously with Canon and free range, they're new, they're newer. So obviously it, it, for them, it's, it's obviously a very tough scenario of opening up and then closing very shortly after uh, for anybody out there that is listening to this, that is, either a an entrepreneur or b looking to be one the one thing that i learned that i this is probably my best piece of advice that i give out is i went from you know getting into this uh as a naive individual who wanted to work out all day long and help people work out to understanding how to actually run a business and so there was a come to jesus moment probably four years ago financially and i decided that i was going to take every little bit of my energy that I had towards being the best athlete and now it's become the best businessman possible. And so from a financial standpoint, um, I put us, I should say, I, it's a very, we put ourselves in a situation where we own the building we're in, we're our own tenants, right? We, we dictate our essentially in some cases, you know, the amount of rent we want to spend, uh, the amount of money we put away to be smart, to thrive in a scenario like this, and not necessarily have as much fear um, and then being able to operate in a sense that allows for us to kind of stay level. So I would say for anybody that's looking to get into that business, once you kind of hit that moment of, okay, we're going to get through this, like, you know, they say after five years is kind of where like every, if you get past five, you can kind of make it. If you can get to that point, I would highly recommend figuring out how to become the best back end business person possible with your finances, your taxes, your, you know, uh, you know, understanding what's coming in, what's going out and being on top of that. Because if this would have happened four years ago in that scenario, we would be done. I'm, I'm just going to be completely blunt. We would have shut down. Um, but I think that moment that shifted my, my, my focus of, okay, 
I, and I am never letting this ever going to be a problem. And I put as much effort into being that, you know, that businessman as I have, you know, behind the scenes that I did in the front of the scenes. You know, I now work at St. James, a strength and conditioning coach. I work at Brooks House. And I do all the health and wellness over there. And I've been able to kind of uh, scale the business to more of these corporate opportunities that, you know, I never thought would be possible. And so I would say for anybody that's in that scenario, you know, learn how to take care of things in-house. And then when that happens, learn how to kind of grow outside if you can and um, without taking out too much on your plate. But yeah, that's kind of one of those one things I look back on. And I'm very thankful that that was a shift or a pivot that I had that allowed for us um, to be in a situation where we can survive even something like this. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you prepared for impact before the impact happened yeah. and you recommend that certainly. And obviously we don't always get those opportunities, but you're just saying going forward, here's some great advice. And I, I, yeah, I even appreciate if that. Even if this never happened, it's nice to be in a situation where you're not going, okay, like how do we get to this month? You know, that is, that is a stress that I can only imagine for some that I, you know, I, you know, again, I am, God has blessed me in ways that I don't deserve in some cases. And I am beyond thankful, um, a for the membership, the, the community I have here, but to be in a scenario where I don't necessarily have to, um, think to myself, well, our members might not have a gym to come back to, you know? And I, I think that, uh, you know, sewing, you know, yesterday and being able to reap what I sowed, you know, a long time ago mm -hmm. to put us in a situation, right. uh, if that's the right words from a business standpoint, where we can go, okay, we, we put ourselves in a situation that we're responsible. We, you know, the liability is low. We don't have, you know, we own the gym we're in physical look. I have people that rent our, next door. So we have rent coming in as well. So I mean, they're considered essential right mm -hmm. now. So like, you know, we have properties that are being rented out right now. I can still work at Brooks house right now. So there's opportunities that have kind of been laid out that have put us in a situation to, you know, my dad always said, you're more than an overcomer. And I believe we're in a situation that we are well above the ability to overcome. Uh, thank God, a situation that none of us saw coming. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that, and that, you know, obviously moving forward, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be more the wiser because of it. So, and, and a lot of different aspects of life. Right. Yeah. Well, sounds like your dad was quite the encourager, you know, um, he's, he's someone with your, someone with your work ethic, your attitude, your character, uh, it doesn't comes, happen by accident. It comes from my mom and dad. I have the greatest parents. I'm blessed by them. And, um, you know, they've been amazing this whole time. And I can't, you know, you know, it's one of those things where like, you know, even at 34 years old, you know, <laughs> you still call your mom when you have, you know, you're, you're worried about something. You still call your dad when you have a problem needs to be fixed, you know? And so I speak to them every day and it's been like that before this. I mean, I've been very close to my family growing up and, um, you know, they're amazing. I have a great brother. I have a great sister. I have a great support staff, um, in that regards, you know, and I, I cannot, you know, if, if anybody speaks highly of me, it's because of the family that raised me. So, Wow. That's, that's sure, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's near and dear uh, to my heart, heart of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you get to answer two questions here as we wrap right. up. The first one is you're going to speak to that nine to five rebel that can just no longer silence the fire in their belly and they just need to make the leap. What advice are you going to give them? 
I, I would say to them, the, the big thing that's, that's really is important is to definitely have a plan, right? So uh, for example, with us kind of getting to where we were, I, I needed to have a business plan. I didn't delay it all. I didn't know how much money it costs to, to, to operate and kind of sustain it first. So the big thing is to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Like if, if you want to make a t-shirt company and you want to print on it or whatever, or you want to produce, you know, a magazine or whatever, just make sure you understand, you know, what you need to get there. Your passion will carry you and it, you'll, you'll figure out how to survive. Um, I thoroughly believe that. Um, but make sure you have, again, have those ducks in a row, have a business plan, understand what, you know, what your rent is, what your overhead is, what your, your break even is, right? If you have all those things together and you have an idea of how to make that work, your passion will never let you fail, right? I, I will never let this gym fail because as bad as I need it, I know our members need it, right? The community needs, I know we're making a difference in this, in this city. And so I would literally, I'm trying to think of the best analogy. I would, I would do anything to shield that from happening, right? I would do anything to, to, to make sure that never happens. So your passion will carry you. And I firmly believe that, right? Believe in yourself, believe in your product. You have to believe in it. If you don't believe in what you're doing, nobody else is, right? Um, I always right. say, like, if I, if I can get in front of somebody about this, I will con not convince them, but I will, I will turn them into a believer, right? They'll understand what we got going on here because I believe in this. This is my passion. And so, um, again, just make well, sure you have that, that, that in line. Belief and passion are contagious. Yeah. I agree. You don't, I don't, right? You don't, you don't have to persuade anyone because what happens when you have the kind of passion and belief that, that we hear from you, Tim, is that you attract people that are looking for people that need what you have. You attract them. So last but not least, the question of the day that we're going to end on speak to the discouraged nine to five rebel. How would you encourage them to stay the course one more day, just one more day. Yeah, I mean, that was me for a while. I mean, I, I worked that job for three years and I remember there was a time that I was punching in key codes to get in my office and I say, God, please give me grace to get to another day. And I also remember having a conversation with a coworker. I would go work out on, on base and she, I, I came back one day and she leaned around the cubicle and said, Tim, I don't know how you make yourself work out. And this is my lead out there. I said, you know what? I, uh, I make myself come to this job every day. I love to work out. <laughs> and I remember saying that thinking, man, that was probably the wrong thing to say. Um, you know, what I would say there honestly is, is, you know, look at, I mean, everything in life in some cases is a learning opportunity, right? And so what I would say to that individual that is currently working in a situation that maybe that's not ideal, but they can't get out of it right now, maybe because it's a financial reason or whatever, I would say do your best and be the best at that job so that when you do leave there, right, no one can say different. And then what I would say is, is whatever you want to do, if you want to be a gym owner or you want to go do this, find someone who does that and suck out every last little bit of knowledge that they have, right? And pick their brain and figure out what they did and, and what would you do differently, right? So that when your opportunity comes, right, you've already, like a sponge, already soaked up all that information from that individual who's gone through it. And then you go, you know what, I'm going to apply this to this area, right? And so that when your day comes, right, in the meantime, too, right, you're also still kind of having an opportunity to be a part of what you love, right? Maybe not on a professional basis, but you're still getting a chance to interact with that individual who's providing you with that feedback. And that also might, in return, help you um, get through those days. You're like, man, like, I just, I just don't want to do this. But be the best at what you are right now. And it sounds cliche, whatever. Be the best that you are right now because that'll carry over, right? 
and, and, and in the meantime, find someone that can provide you with, again, that, that knowledge that they've been there and pick their brain, man. And then when the time comes, you're going to know how to handle that situation. And, and maybe, maybe not you haven't gone through it, but you have an idea or you've heard or you've, you've, you've been there. Or that person can be that mentor that you kind of lean on in that moment and say, hey, I got a question for you. And I think that would be my, that would be my main takeaway. But at, and, and one last thing is, is you know, at some point, I will say this: you got You got to go with it, right? If you if you believe in what you have, don't wake up and have it be ten years later and say, "Man, I really wish I would have done that." I remember when I went from my job to this, I said, "If it doesn't work out, I can always go back to doing what I did before, right?" But if I don't do it, I'll never know. So the worst thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to go from this, try to open this up, doesn't work, and I go back to you know whatever, or I try to you know I try to figure out something else, but. You know, if, if you if you believe in it, like like I said earlier, there's enough people telling you can't do something. Like be around people that are going to help you, um, you know, stay up and support you. And I think your passion, like I said, will carry you. I really do. Well, this has been chocked full of inspiration <laughs> and wisdom and encouragement and and just really transparency. And that's you know that's the fuel that we need to put out there right now. And I. I have two taglines that, that I love that kind of came from my heart and soul. And I've put one on you from okay. listening to you today. So I'll tell you what my two are, and then I'll tell okay. you what, what I've given you. And there's no charge. You can have it. You can run with it. You can trademark it, right. do whatever you okay. want. Okay. Um, so mine is this. I've learned that there's a lot of things in life you can live without. Hope is not one of them. And the world needs more people doing what they love for a living. And here's what I'm giving you from what I've heard from you, Tim. Okay. I hear you saying this, your passion will carry you, but you still need a plan. And I you know. have, I mean, you had a plan in the beginning. Your passion has carried you. You have a fresh plan and I still see your passion carrying you. So I absolutely wish you the best and I can't wait to interview you down the road and, and just let you tell everybody what beautiful things came out of all of this sacrifice and blood, sweat and tears. Well, I appreciate you having me on and having the opportunity to speak to this and, and hopefully if anybody needs to hear it, they hear it. And I also want to commend you for what you're doing because, you know, uh, I, I really believe, and I, I love these podcasts, but I believe people that, that bring other people on to either A, lift others up or create knowledge or a blueprint is a really awesome thing. And I am, I am a huge uh, supporter of podcasts. I'm, I'm glad to see you're doing that. And I look forward to seeing what you do in the future and the people you bring on. And I wish you nothing but success. And I'm I'm thankful we have individuals like you out there that are looking to help and bring more support to others. So that's a great thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you have a great day and I'll you see same. you soon. I'll see you yeah. soon in the gym yeah. as soon yeah. as you can open. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey there, nine to five rebel. We are so grateful you chose to make time for yourself by listening in today. Be sure to tune in next week as Jesse delivers yet another dose of hope for your entrepreneurial spirit. If the rebel in you has been inspired today, will you please subscribe or leave us a five-star review? Help us reach other nine to five rebels like yourself because the world definitely needs more people 
doing what they love for a living. And while you're at it, go ahead and share this episode with a friend. To learn more about your Beacon of Hope podcast host, Jessie Kretzer, just visit her website at jessiekretzer.com to subscribe to her blog, or you can connect with her directly on Facebook at Jesse Robison Kretzer or Instagram at Beacon of Hope underscore JK.